Amen. Praise the Lord for the wonderful message of that song. And if you have your Bibles with you, uh, we're going to speak about prayer since it's prayer meeting. Let's all stand to our feet if you're able to do so. And let's give reverence to the Word of God. And let's uh, read Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. A very uh, familiar passage of Scripture. I still remember when Dr. Kaysen preached about this chapter almost every meeting that we had, you know, about the boldness of Peter and John. You know, uh, we love Acts 4.12, isn't it? When it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And we see the Acts of the Apostles during this time, the transition between the Old Testament to the New Testament, the grace period, the church era, and we actually can see the Acts of the Holy Spirit and his power to the apostles and the early disciples. So we have a passive scripture here about the power of a prayer meeting, and probably we've heard uh, some messages about this, but I know that God's word will continue to be a channel of blessing to us tonight. Amen? So let's read it all together, Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 31. If you're there, say amen. amen. And let's begin. And being let go, they went to their own company, and reported all the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the hidden rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together, for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's have a word of prayer. Father God in heaven, we bless your name. We thank you for the, another opportunity to pray to the one true living God. Such a privilege such an access, Lord, to pray unto Thee. And thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of our sins, that whenever, Lord, we call upon Thee in repentance of heart, Thou art always faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, use me as Your vessel unto honor tonight. I am nothing without You. I thank You, Lord, for the desire, the noble desire of Thy people to come here despite of their weary days at work and demands at life. They still find time to come here to honor you and to pray and bless their lives, Lord, and even our brethren who are with us virtually. Be with them, O oh Father, and be with us, Lord, as we look and ponder upon thy holy precepts, Lord, this passage of Scripture tonight. May we glean some truth that will encourage and exhort us tonight and keep us safe while we're doing this Bible study. And we worship thee continuously tonight and give us your traveling mercy and grace and your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As a quick background of this passage of Scripture, uh, we know that Peter and John have been arrested, isn't it? 
threatened not to preach Christ. But the Lord has told them to preach about him either in good times or in bad times, in persecution and in, uh, you know, uh, uh, revival time. And we see here in this passage of scripture that they even declare that they ought to obey God rather than men. Isn't it? That famous uh, phrase of the apostles. They are not really torn between God and man. They rather obey God than the counsel of men. So in this story, as we're familiar, when they were released, where did they go, the apostles? Did they go to a tavern? <laughs> or a belly up to bar? No, they had a prayer and praise meeting. Amen? They had a prayer and praise meeting. So we can remember what David the psalmist said in Psalms 145, verses 1 to 21. Once again, I'm, I'm grateful for Brother Gilbert for helping me out tonight with some slides to help us with our Bible study. Psalms 145, verses 1 to 3, the Bible declares, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. What wonderful words of scripture from the psalmist, isn't it? It reminds us of what Pastor Jether preached last Sunday, amen? About the call to praise God. Truly, it is a privilege to praise God. So how can we praise God anytime, anywhere, any place? There's no really secret. As the song, uh, a familiar hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, it says this, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. When everything to God in prayer, there's nothing that we cannot do, isn't it? We can praise God anytime, any place, anywhere. And that's what these uh, people of God had done. The people of God were in a prayer meeting praying for the release, for the rescue of this apostle. So... Here, after they are released, they headed, Peter and John, for their own people. They headed to their own people. This is what we call the law of affinity, isn't it? We're attracted by those like us. Like birds of the same feather, they flock together. So they say, you can tell a lot about those a person whom they run with or where they run to. Amen? You can really talk, tell a lot about a person to the people they run with or they run to. There was a story here of a drunk who was picked up by a preacher on the road. He was taken home and he said to the drunk, please meet my wife. And the drunk said, no, please, why? I want her to see what kind of company I'm keeping. <laughs> but thank God for the heart of this preacher, amen? He wants to witness to this drunk. So... What can we see here? Peter and John run to their own company. What is the practical lesson we can see in this uh, passage of scripture? Isn't it it's a shame when people get into trouble and they don't run to the church? May we make our church by God's grace one they can run to. Amen? Amen. Let's be away with selfish Christianity that comes to church only for what I can get. 
Did it ever occur to us that there are some who need that what we can give? Isn't it as a Christian we have to have this contributor kind of mentality, not a consumer kind of mentality? Amen. We should have this uh, servant kind of perspective, not a spectator kind of perspective. We should have this mindset of a committed Christian for the glory of God, not a complacent, comparable Christian. Isn't it? Remember, sometimes we are too comfortable in our Christian walk with God, and sometimes God has to send troubles to us to trouble the comforted and to comfort the troubles, troubled ones. Amen? So, here, God, uh, Peter and John run to their own company. And I'm so blessed because here in our church, I believe it's the same people sometimes or oftentimes that we see during prayer meeting. But you know what? It's a blessing because I believe this is a core group of people who loves the company of each one. This is a core group of people who loves the company of your Bible study groups. Amen? There are people that you can run with and run to in times of trials and troubles because you can ask for their prayers, their support. And it's really necessary for a Christian to have a good, solid Christian friends and acquaintances they can run to. And I hope our church will be like that by God's grace. And it's been. Amen? That's why we see missionaries and other people uh, asking for prayers from our church because we have people in our church God's people in our church, seniors, adults, you know, and, and, and people who have been matured in their faith that knows how to pray to God and intercede for fellow brethren in their time of need. So that's the people here. Now we'll see the prayer, and then after that we'll see the power. So quickly, four things that can revolutionize our prayer lives tonight in this passage of Scripture. Four things that can revolutionize our prayer lives. First, in this passage of scripture, we can see that it was a united prayer. Amen? It was a united prayer. Acts chapter 4, verse 24, we read, And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. It's a biblical car, isn't it? A Honda Accord. Huh? And very reliable too. And I heard, pa yung parts niyan. The older ones, but... Kidding aside, they were with one voice to God, with one accord, and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all then that is. You know, these brethren in the Lord dropped to their knees and joined hands and prayed together. Amen? I believe though we all should have private prayer lives, we should pray as a family, we should pray together in meal times. Bedtimes, we should have family devotions. We should pray together when times are hard. There's a tragic thing that has happened or we'll hear news about an earthquake or a flood, isn't it? When crises happen, natural calamities, when somebody's in the hospital, you know, etc., etc. We have to be as God's people, as God's family, as a local body of Christ here in Bergen Bible Baptist Church. We need to be united in prayer or well will be untied in prayer. Just mix up those words, united. If we will not be united in prayer, we'll be untied somehow, isn't it? So unity is very important. I'm glad that in our uh, prayer life as a church, we uh, 
venture in some avenues we can effectively pray for one another and others. Remember we had that prayer chain? That was a blessing every week, isn't it? Everybody pick up an hour and your family or an individual or a group can pray for prayer requests. That was a blessing, amen? We went to like how many, how many weeks? And we have folks here who have their own prayer covenant, prayer time with sisters in the Lord or brothers in the Lord, a set time that they could pray for one another and various needs, amen? We have prayer groups, we have FaceTime prayer, we have Zoom prayer, online prayer, we have National Day of Prayer. Why? Important is prayer in our lives, amen? Because it's a spiritual oxygen of every Christian. A spiritual oxygen of our church. That's why we still have our doors open on prayer meeting. Amen? Because we believe in the power of prayer. We believe when people are united in prayer, something can happen. Something can happen when God's throne is touched by His people's prayer. As a church, the same is true. And that's why when we pray, we encourage everyone to virtually you know, be in, in solemnity. You know, we, it's not really the, the, the gestures of prayer or, 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 or the mode of prayer, but it's the heart behind the prayer, isn't it? But it really helps when we bow our heads, when we close our eyes, amen? Because it makes us focus upon God, makes us focus on the creator of the universe and no destruction, and, and we just want to entune our spirit before him. And when we do that, uh, sometimes here in our church, we did the, they called a Korean prayer. We, we prayed at the same time. Or we prayed all together, silently, individually. And I, I love um, prayer conference in Merida. I miss them. When the people come up in the front and pray, and uh, you've heard Dr. Geiler pray, it's like Jesus Christ is just beside him. Amen? Really close and just pouring their heart. So it's a blessing sometimes to hear people pray to God. Amen? And hear that they pray for you. So this prayer by this group of people during this time was a united prayer. Second thing, it was a God-centered prayer. It's a God-centered prayer. They did not focus on their problems, but on God's power. They did not focus on their problems, but on God's power. Look at verse 24. They recognized God as the creator of the universe. He is the creator of the universe. When we do this, it puts our problems in perspective. It reminds us that He can handle our problems. If God is the creator of the whole universe, if He can make everything out of nothing by the power of His word, by the power of His mouth, His lips, then He can also solve our problems. Amen? They're minute. They're simple compared to His omniscient power in creating the universe. And I have some Pictures here of creation, I think, yeah? Isaiah 40, 28, isn't it? A, a wonderful passage of scripture. Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. Aren't you glad our God doesn't get tired of us? When he can hear all the prayers of the millions of Christians all over the world. And the cares of people. And you know what? That's why it's such a privilege to pray to God. He will zoom in and listen to you. You're not as great as Billy Graham, amen, or Charles Spurgeon in your Christian life. 
You're just an ordinary, simple Christian who tried to walk by faith. But when you call upon your Abba Father, He will zoom into you and hear your prayer. Isn't it? That's a blessing. That the everlasting God, the Lord of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, and He can listen to you. So another slide here. Of course, uh, in our children, Bible story, isn't it? We just want to make an image of Jesus Christ, the Logos, the creator of the universe. And Colossians says, He did not just create the world, but He sustains it with His power. He keeps everything in its place. Amen? The gravitational pull, all those protons, neutrons, electrons that holds an atom so it will not explode. Amen? So everything will just revolve in its right axis or right uh, path so the universe and the stars and the planets will not collide. Christ keep everything, amen, on its right place. He sustains them after He created them. This is our Creator, amen. He can handle our problems. Read the most powerful prayers in Scripture. You'll see they are not problem-centered, but God-centered. Remember Nehemiah in our book study, Nehemiah chapter 9. You know, this, one, this is one of the longest prayers in the Bible. But I have a passage of Scripture here, Nehemiah chapter 9. I think verses 5 and 6. In this passive scripture, Nehemiah was in serious trouble before he built the walls of Jerusalem. He had persecutions, opposition from Sambalat. Remember those guys? But he spent minutes first praising God about who he is before making his requests. He praises God for, for being a great creator. So that's why we read that the Levites, Jeshua and Kadmiel, Bani, Hashabhania, Sherebiah, Hodijah, Shebaniah, and Pathaliah. If you have kids, these are good names. Amen? <laughs> good Bible names. Said, stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. And blessed be thy glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. In verse 6, Thou even thou art Lord alone, thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens. That's why there are three heavens, amen? The first heaven is the atmosphere where the birds fly. And then the second heaven is the stellar heaven where the planets, sun, moon, and stars. And the third heaven, the heaven of heavens, is God's abode, amen? The place where we're going to go when we die, amen? That paradise, that city of God, that Zion, amen? That glorified place for prepared people, prepared by God. It says there, with all the hosts of the earth and all the things that are in the seas and all that is therein, thou preservest them all, and the hosts of heaven worshipeth thee. So don't bother with global warming, amen? Climate change. The world will still exist as God said in His word. There will be seasons. Until he said, I'm finished with earth. Amen? Then, because right now, you know, that's a religion here on earth. They worship Mother Earth. You know, and I'm not against being uh, good stewards of this earth. We recycle, we reuse and everything. But this earth will not last forever. It's groaning, needs to be redeemed. But those things will continue. Amen? The seasons will continue until God said it's, it will stop. All right? So because he created this world for a purpose. So Nehemiah praises God, his creator, before he made his prayer request. Look at Isaiah 42.10. Here, Isaiah talks about God's power, guidance, control, faithfulness prior to his request. Isn't it? That's why when we pray, the A-C-T-S acts. A stands for adoration. T stands for 
Oh, C stands for confession. T stands for thanksgiving. And last is supplication. We ask, we petition. We ask God for what we need. But first, A, we adore Him. We praise Him. We tell Him who He is, what He has done, how great He is, because God already knows our prayer needs. But when we exalt Him and praise Him, then you know what? He is blessed when we do that because we recognize Him for who He is. So look at this, 42 verse 10. The Bible says, Sing unto the Lord a new song, and His praise from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof. Isaiah talks about God's power. See how He made all those things? Even the 7,107 islands of the Philippines, amen? He made all of those things, all the countries in the world, everything that we see. In this world, God created them. So Isaiah recognized that God's power. Then, of course, we read a while ago, David also, in Psalms 145, verse 1 to 3, when he said, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. So to revolutionize our prayer life, I love this. Somebody said this. Take out some moans and add some amens. Amen? Delete the house. Lord, how will I survive? How will I make it through the end of the month? How will... But replace it with... Hallelujahs! Praise the Lord. Lord, I don't know what's going go, to happen, but I know you are strong. I know you are powerful. I know you care for me. I know I can still praise you in good times and in bad times. In sickness and in health. In up, my ups and downs, I can still praise you. And then it says there's show of gratitude up front in the grown seat. Pag hindi ka kristyano, minsan masama yan eh, yung word na show, di ba? Nagamit nilang masama. But sa kristyano, sometimes we groan a lot, we complain, we murmur, isn't it? When things are not going as we're supposed to expect it to go. But you know what? Gratitude, thanksgiving, thankful heart will go a long ways in our prayer life. That's why God said in His Word, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He didn't say for everything, but in everything. Because if God is in there, then we can give thanks. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I love what Dr. Geiler says, I remember. They're having their 10th prayer Revival right now. So I saw some pictures, so it just reminded me of him. You know, sometimes he said when we have prayer meeting when I was a Bible student, don't, oh, because we, they ask for prayer requests and stuff, and then, you know, the church is kind of elderly, so all of the prayer requests of the elderly are the aches and pains. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong to tell you, uh, ask for prayers for the aches and pains. It's like a long list. Pray for my arthritis. Pray for my back pain. Pray for this and that. And then it will take like 15 minutes to do that list of prayer requests. Sometimes Dr. Gallo said, you know what? Can I hear some praises here? <laughs> some pr answered prayer because God knows what you're going through, your pain. And he just put a smile in my face. But so don't let's, let's not treat God as a genie with our laundry list. Amen? But we should praise him for who he is, what he has done. There's a story here about being thankful to God. You know John Wesley? One of... Uh, great evangelist, I think one of the founders of the Methodist Church, and Charles Wesley, who had written a lot of great hymns. John Wesley was riding horse 
a horse through the countryside, he was overcome by Thebes, who took every cent he had on him. That night he prayed. These are prayers recorded in his prayer journal. And he prayed like this. He said, Dear God, thank you for three things when he was robbed. First, though they took my money, they did not take my life. Though they took all of my money, it was not much. Most of all, thank you that it was I who was robbed and I'm not the one who was doing the robbing. Wow, what a thankful heart. What a grateful heart. What a perspective. Amen? Still find time to thank God out of that tragic experience. So it's a God-centered prayer. Number three, this was also a scriptural prayer. It was based on the scripture. Isn't it good to quote the Bible when we pray? As the Bible says, we need to hide it in our heart, recall it. That's why we read in verse 25 and 26 of Acts chapter 4. Look at their prayer. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the hidden rage and the people imagine vain things? This is quoted in Psalms chapter 2. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. This is Psalms 2, a prophecy made hundreds of years before Christ of how the kings of the earth would conspire against him. But in the middle of it all, God would be in control. Amen? And God is still sovereignly laughing. Amen? Because during this time, you know, they, they thought that they would be able to stop the work of God. They threatened these disciples, they arrested them, and later on they will be beaten, they will suffer such tremendous hardship because they're preaching about Christ. But you know what? The, the, the apostles are comforted because they are a people of, uh, of God praying for their behalf. There's power happening while they are being persecuted. So, God is always in control. Amen? And we can rest assured of that. Send. They prayed the interpretation, verse 27, in our passive scripture. It says, Therefore a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. They all gang up as a predicted, verse 28. They are like saying here, They're, they're your puppets, Lord. You are still in control. Your purpose will still be done. Then verses 29 to 30, here is the time they apply it to their situation now. We read, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant that thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. They are saying, so to speak, Lord, you were in control when the rulers crucified Jesus. You're in control of our situation even right now. Aren't you glad God is always in control? So they pray scripturally, claiming scripture, praying based on the Bible, so can we, and so we ought to as God's people. I have a nice uh, slide here about scriptural biblical prayer, isn't it? Prayer is, uh, the Bible is our pathway to the right kind of prayer because we will see there the will of God, Amen. And it's good to have the Bible and prayer early morning. Amen. Amen? Seek the Lord early morning. Ask God for guidance, wisdom, protection. I always tell this to my children. There are times we cannot have family devotion because sometimes our schedules are not in sync. They have homework and this and that. But I always encourage them, 
before you go to bed or after you wake up, always say a word of prayer. Keep thanks to God. Lord, thank you for another day of life. Read the passages of Scripture. It doesn't have to be a long, amen? Devotional time. Just have a personal, quiet, momentous time with God, your Creator, your Savior, your Redeemer. So, how should we pray tonight? Of course, always biblically, like what the Apostle did, isn't it? We pray, Lord, save souls because you're not willing for them to perish. Lord, added into the church daily as you've added church members during the early church. Lord, help us to go not just numerically, but also in quality, not just in quantity. Lord, I know you're the great physician who touched the blind eyes. So Lord, I have somebody who's dear in my heart. Touch them like what you did with the blind man. Lord, you brought the prodigal home, so do it to my son or to my daughter or to my friend or to my loved one who is outside of your will. Pray biblically. Pray scripturally. Amen? It's like look at Peter. He needed money for taxes. And we know that story, isn't it? Christ sent him and he prayed according to the will of God. And okay, Peter, you're a fisherman, professional fisherman, so go a fishing. And the first fish that you will catch, open the mouth and you'll find the coin to pay for our taxes because we need to pay tribute to whom tribute is due, pay unto Caesar what is due to Caesar or the government, amen, and let's render to God what's due to God. So he did what Christ said and God provided because he believed on the word of God. So our prayers ought to be united, God-centered, scriptural, and lastly, amen, this was, this was a totally unselfish prayer. Verse 29, it was amazing. He says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness that they may speak thy word. If we're in their shoes, will you pray for this? They did not pray for deliverance. <laughs> for God to crush the heads of these religious fanatics. Actually, they're the ones who played a big role in, in, in putting Christ on the cross, isn't it? And really, the religious fanatics are causing more mayhem and havoc in, you know, sending more people to hell. Amen? False religion, which are, they're thinking they are, they are in the truth, but they did not pray for God to crush their heads. They did not pray to call fire down on the council of these religious fanatics who's threatening them, who's persecuting them. They did not, you know, call for something for them bad to happen, but they call and ask God for protection that they would be able to still do what they're supposed to do despite of it all. Isn't it we don't pray like that? We pray for God to get us out of situations, not deeper. But the apostles here, the early church, did something unique. They pray God, Lord, even if we go to a deeper persecution, hardship, just be with us. They didn't pray for deliverance, but for God to be with them. We say, when we are threatened by our enemies, oh God, just kill them. Smite them with hemorrhoids, like asteroids, Lord. May the fleas of a thousand camels be upon them. Yes, vengeance is yours, Lord, but do it now. Isn't it? When somebody threatens you, somebody persecutes you, somebody, 
you know, did something unjust to you. But look at these apostles. They said, Lord, we know, probably by the Spirit of God, they will experience more persecution and hardships. And we know that they did. But they just asked God to be with them. And truly, he was with them. Amen? I love what Philip Brooks said, a wonderful Christian. He said, don't pray for an easy life. Pray for God to make you stronger. Don't pray for task equal to your power, but for power equal to your task. And God will give you the power. Amen? So you can accomplish a task for his glory. Heard about this story about a six-year-old boy who got a sweet tooth? Like Pastor Max or Ezra? <laughs> he slipped finger into the barrel, then into his mouth. The owner scolded him in the store, and he said, that's unsanitary, kid. So the kid was embarrassed. He left, and a few days later, his tongue guided him back there again. Did the same thing. He was caught again by this man, and this time, the man took him by the arm and escorted him out firmly. It spanked him, and you'd think this little kid had learned his lesson, but 10 days later, he did it again, but before he got it to his mouth, the owner caught him red-handed, picked him up, turned him upside down, and yes, dip his head on that barrel of sweet things. And last thing you could hear as he was lowered was a prayer by this boy. Lord, give me a tongue equal to this opportunity. <laughs> Lord, give me a tongue equal to this opportunity. It's like he did what Philip Brooks said, huh? give me power equal to this task. Well, again, in this passage of scripture, we see here the people, their prayer and the power of God. Look at verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. What if that happened, isn't it? We pray and there was a little earthquake. Magnitude of, what, what can you feel? Like 4.2? Wag lang 6, no? Or 7? But here, this place was shaken, the power of God. So what did they do? They felt the power of God because they prayed right and they received what they prayed for. Boldness, power. And this is the third time, mind you, that they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Still novices, but God work, isn't it? Because this is the transition of the early church. So, what is the lesson here? They know how to get plugged in to the source of power. Amen? I'll close with this illustration. There was a church who bought a new organ for thousands of dollars. And I thank God for our organ here. Sometimes it's unorganized because our kids play with it. You know, and our musicians have to recalibrate it. But I'm glad it's still working. Um, but in this story, the church bought a new organ for thousands of dollars. They hired a professional to come in, into the church to play that organ in a concert. And uh, I've been to some concert with really good instrumentalists. And you enjoy some good music, isn't it? Uh, I still remember, uh, remember Naomi, uh, Naomi uh, Mrs., uh, the one that lives in Avenue B, the Korean that plays the piano and harpsichord. We went to one of her concerts, and she can really make the instrument sing and played really good music. So enjoy that. Been to Broadway shows and stuff. So this church hired a professional to come to play the organ in that concert. But the time comes that she wants to play. No sound came out of that brand new expensive organ, like a pipe organ. The 
it can really rock the whole church, you know? And feel like you're in the presence of God, like there's angels hovering around because the sound of it produces. But there's no sound. So what did the people do? They prayed. Let's pray, they said. And lo and behold, the diligent custodian, the floor manager like Brother John, amen, walk over and realized that the power switch was off. He just turned it on and handed the note to the organist while all are still praying. And he said, after the prayer, the power will be on. <laughs> Is that my conclusion, brother? <laughs> after the prayer, the power will be on. So the source is, when we get our prayers answers, let's get plugged in, connected to the source of it all. Amen? And He will sustain the power because there's always a power in a prayer meeting. Amen? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father God in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this simple lesson that we have to remind us that our gathering here tonight is never in vain. As one of our deacons always pray and we truly echoes back to that truth that when two or three are gathered in the name of Christ, His presence is in our midst. It's not a waste of time to be here, to pray with like-minded, like-hearted fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. Because we believe, Lord, our, our church will never flourish, will never survive without the prayers of God's people. So much things to pray to God for. Also, so much things to thank God for. So thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of thy people who had come here every week to, uh, to pray, to, to, to praise your name, to hear the preaching of your word. I know, Lord, that we won't have so much time to do this anymore as we see the day of approaching of your soon return. But it's such a blessed time and a privilege once again to, to drive here in the church and set a time that we can pray together as uh, a local assembly and just intercede for the many needs of others, Lord, our family, our community, and our church. So bless thy people tonight. Lord, samahan mo po kami once again as we go home in our respective homes and bless our uh, church activities. Bless the home Bible studies this coming Friday. Use our deacons, our teachers. Uh, may people be revived, Lord, as they study your word together because we know, Lord, that this is a means to an end because we want to, to grow our people in the Lord so they will glow in their faith and they will go and witness to somebody. And uh, bless our uh, activity for the Quad State Sunday School Conference so we can be blessed by the fellowship of believers that we know, Lord, that there are still many of our remnant who still preaches the gospel all across the tri-state. And may we find spiritual oasis and re-energize, Lord, in our faith as we see that they are still brethren in the Lord who loves to teach the Bible in their Sunday school. Also bless our Sunday services as we commemorate your Lord's table, your sacrifice on the cross for the third time. Be with Brother Glenn as he prepares for the message for the morning and for myself in the afternoon. Use us mightily and all our Sunday school teachers. And you know, Lord, all the prayers that we mentioned here tonight uh, prayer needs. Uh, even we remember uh, some of our brethren in the Lord have gone to be with you, like Pastor Maluyao and Pastor Agravante. Lord, comfort their families. 
their uh, church ministries that they're left behind. Uh, continue to raise up people that will shoulder the burden of the ministry. And thank you, Lord, for uh, the prayer request of our own people here in Bergen at given tonight. Lord, answer them according to your will. And thank you, Lord, that we can once again, Lord, praise your name tonight. And thank you for everything that you've done for us throughout the whole day. Give us your, once again, Lord, traveling mercy and grace. Give us a sweet night rest and peace that comes from you. And once again, Lord, be with this country, America. Lord, may you extend your mercy. Be with our country, the Philippines. Continue to send your laborers into the field to gather harvest of souls there. And help us to be faithful in our part, Lord, in supporting and praying for our missionaries. And also, Lord, help us to be your own missionary and witness to our own mission field here in our neighborhood, in our community, in our workplace, in our school. And uh, continue to help us to be your light and salt. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. Until then, we'll see you.